Is the book of Revelation a Chinese puzzle that no one can understand? Are we living in the millennium now? Were all the end time prophecies fulfilled in 70 AD? Is it possible to know the season of the Lord's return? Is the rapture to be an event separate and apart from the second coming? Stay tuned. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. My colleague Nathan Jones and I have a very special guest with us today. His name is Naaman Duck, and he is an expert on Bible prophecy who preaches, teaches, and writes about the subject. Damon, we appreciate you coming all the way down from Tennessee to God's country. Thank you for the invitation. God bless you. <laughs> and at the other end here we have our associate uh, evangelist, Colonel Tim Moore, who has been designated by our Board of Trustees to be my successor in September of 2021. Tim, we appreciate you coming all the way from the state of Kentucky. I'm always delighted to be here, Dave. Well, yeah, how about putting him on the hot seat I right now? I would like fast? to do so. Damon, today <laughs> we want to jump right into it because we have a lot of ground to cover regarding Bible prophecy. And the first question is this, just as Dave indicated, a lot of people think the book of Revelation is so confusing it's like a Chinese puzzle. Yeah. What is your response? Tim, I have a grandson that was interviewed on TV discussing the book of Revelation when he was eight years old. <laughs> and he was asked, can adults understand the book of Revelation? And his answer was, if an eight-year-old kid can understand it, an adult can. Well, <laughs> they the they need to get books on Bible like, prophecy. From, sounds to me like he's been well-schooled by you. He, he <laughs> would come into my office when I was writing my commentary on the book of Revelation and he was reading off of my monitor and he was asking, what is the Antichrist? What is the tribulation period? And so on. And I would explain it to him. And it wasn't long until I realized he was a sponge just soaking all of that up. Well, well you say that people can understand the book of Revelation, but, but most people believe you cannot. So, what's the key to understanding it? The key to understanding it, I think, prayer, study, get good conservative commentaries, the kind that you put out, and, and, and study your Bible and, and, and just go to prophecy conferences and those, that kind well, of thing. Well, how about taking it for its plain sense meaning? Yes, it, it is literal. It, it is literal. Some people say it's a book of allegory. Some say it's a book of meaningless symbols. I don't believe that Jesus would give us a book of meaningless symbols and allegory and then promise to bless us if we would read here and keep the things that are in it. It just doesn't make sense to me. Amen. Amen. Well, you obviously understand Revelation because you wrote an entire book of Revelation. One of the best intro books to Revelation I've ever read. It's kind of... And also has lots of humor in it. Lots of humor because he's I a humorous guy. I on every page. <laughs> well, you, this is the end product, but what's the beginning product? How, were you always interested in Bible prophecy? Tell us a little about how you got to write this book. Well, I was in my early 30s. Okay. And I had gone to church most of my life, became a Sunday school teacher, came across the word rapture, didn't know what it was. I asked my pastor, he explained it. I was shocked. Couldn't believe I'd gone to church for so long and never heard the word rapture. Huh. I started buying books on Bible prophecy and studying it, and God blessed me, and, and just here just I am. Because originally, career-wise, you're not a pastor or a professor. You're, you were a... At that time, I was a Sunday school teacher. I, I've been a Sunday teacher. school teacher, been a Gideon, been a pastor, uh, author. Okay, <laughs> so you've done it all. Wow, I've done fantastic. Well, you know, uh, Naaman, I, I grew up in an amillennial church. 
And we never heard anything about Bible prophecy except one sermon a year that said there's not one verse in the Bible that even implies Jesus will ever put His feet on this earth again. You can imagine how startled I was at age 12 when I discovered Zechariah 14 where it says He's coming back to the Mount of Olives and His foot's going to touch the ground. Anyway, I went to church faithfully for 30 years. And at the end of 30 years, if you had asked me what the rapture was, I probably would have said a sensation you feel when your girlfriend kisses you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's about all I knew about it. Well, regarding even what Dave said about amillennialism, obviously today many people, both Catholics and most Protestants, believe that we are living in the millennial now or that there will be no millennium. And so they believe in amillennialism. What is your response to that? Uh, are we for, in the millennium now? We are not in the millennium now. Uh, first of all, I believe uh, amillennialism is a false teaching. Revelation 20 verse 4 says that the tribulation saints, the people that are killed during the tribulation period, will live and reign with Christ for a thousand years. Amillennialists say that doesn't mean a thousand years, it means a long period of time. Right. I say if Jesus meant a long period of time, He would have said a long period of time. <laughs> Jesus said a thousand years, and that's a thousand years. You even said it in your book six times in Revelation 20, right? Jesus says a thousand years, a thousand years, a thousand years. I, I did, and, and it is a thousand years. Amillennialism, hard to say, is <laughs> wrong. Uh, you go to Nebuchadnezzar's dream, the statue, and the head of gold and chest and arms of silver, get down to the toes, and the rock, that's Jesus Christ, comes and strikes that statue on His toes, it crumbles into dust, the wind blows it away, that rock, Jesus, and that's the second coming of Jesus, at the end of the tribulation period, uh, that rock, Jesus, grows into a great mountain and fills the whole earth. So that's premillennialism. It's the second coming of Jesus Christ before the millennium. We haven't had the second coming of Jesus Christ. We're not in the millennium. Amillennialism is entirely based upon spiritualizing what the Bible says about the second coming. And the first coming prophecies meant what they said, so why wouldn't the second coming prophecies mean what they say? They mean exactly what they say. Uh, and there, there's a difference between the rapture and the second coming and all that. In the rapture we go up, the second coming Jesus comes down and we comes down, come down with Him. In the rapture Jesus remains in the air and so on. We're talking different things and they confuse the rapture. Along that line I'm always reminded of Henry Morris, the founder of the Institute for Creation Research. And he wrote a wonderful commentary on Revelation called the Revelation Record. At the very beginning he said, People, the reason I wrote this book is because people tell me you can't under the book of Revelation is difficult to understand. He said it's not difficult to understand. It's difficult to believe. If you will believe it, you will understand it. But people just spiritualize it to death. Well, that's wrong and it's false teaching. Uh, I like to tell people, you've got Matthew 24, what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, the Olivet Discourse. And I like to tell people that's like a sermon. The book of Revelation is like a commentary on that sermon. And it explains things. Everything Jesus said there in the Olivet Discourse is over in the book of Revelation with more detail and all. And you can just follow the outline in the Olivet Discourse and then just find more information about that in the book of Revelation. The other thing that's so true about the book of Revelation is you have to refer to the Old Testament where all those prophecies are laid out and the New. And the book of Revelation has so many cross-references to Old Testament prophecies and how they are fulfilled in the end times. So really you have to be a student to be able to go to the Bible and let it define for itself exactly what even those symbols mean. But I really appreciate what you said about your grandson. I have to ask this question. What is his name? 
His name is Ryan. 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 Well, Ryan has wisdom beyond his years because the Lord says we have to have a childlike faith. And obviously, Ryan had faith, and so he believed, sure. and therefore, the understanding follows if we are willing to believe. And I appreciate Ryan showing as a model, just listening to you and reading the words that you were writing, as you said, his childlike faith led him to believe, and so understanding followed just like a... a it would, obviously, for any adult. The hard part wasn't Ryan understanding the book of Revelation. It was the publisher, uh, the, the, the TV people that wanted to put, didn't want to put it on TV. They couldn't believe an eight-year-old kid <laughs> be interviewed discussing the book of Revelation. Well, That's Damon, I, I don't understand amillennialism because amillennialism steals a promise out of the Bible. And it's in Revelation 1, 3, and you're familiar with it. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. I mean, that's a blessing in the book of Revelation. If we read it, we take it to heart, then we will be blessed. It's a promise by God. But it seems like so many churches that are of the amillennial perspective are stealing that promise by not teaching Revelation. I think they are standing in the way of people understanding the book of Revelation. Uh, people will ask about the book of Revelation. And they'll be told, well, in 1988, some guy said the rapture would be in 1988. Or they'll say, nobody understands it. Or let's don't go overboard. And then they hinder those people from studying the book of Revelation. What they should do is it's the responsibility of pastors and Sunday school teachers and uh, seminary professors and all of this to tell people what is in that book. Yes. We're living in perilous times, dangerous times. People need to know what the Bible says about the times that we're living in, mm. and the book of Revelation helps. Well, Dang, the, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, to tack on to that, that the book of Revelation is Jesus Christ's victory lap. As you, yes. were, you were saying, it's got a lot of terrible stuff as He brings judgment upon the world, but it leads to, like you said, the millennial kingdom, where Jesus is king over the earth. And if why would you read a mystery novel, but then not read the last chapter and find out who done it? You know, why would you read the book of Bible and not see Jesus Christ's victory? It has a lot of terrible stuff, but it also has a lot of good stuff. Only good stuff for believers. That's right. Amen. Amen. I want to emphasize a point that uh, uh, Tim just made, and that is, you cannot understand New Testament end time Bible prophecy unless you know the Old Testament. And most Christians don't study the Old Testament, don't know the Old Testament. And like the book of Daniel fits together with Revelation like a hand in a glove. And so that's one of the reasons there's so much misunderstanding is the lack of knowledge of the Old Testament. Another one is, is the fact that of replacement theology. The Bible emphasized the fact that it focuses in end time Bible prophecy on the Jewish people and a Jewish kingdom that God is going to establish is going to reign over all the world. And if you don't believe that God has any purpose left for the Jews, you've got to reinterpret that. So, for example, you get to Revelation chapter 7. Did you know that about 85% of all the commentaries say that in Revelation 7, when it talks about the 144,000 Jews that God's going to anoint, it says that is a symbol for the church. And that is totally wrong. The church is not here. And he makes it quite plain that he's talking about 12,000 servants of God uh, from the 12, tribe. 12 tribes of Israel. Don't you think Israel. God could have told us the church if He meant the he, church? God says church when He means church, and He says Israel when He means Israel, and it's not the other. He's not confused. He's not, he's not <laughs> mentally challenged. <laughs> I think it's ironic that in the season in which we live, so many people have discounted even studying Revelation, and they wonder, well, what's the point of that? But Using a football analogy, it'd be like watching a whole game and at the two-minute warning to the end of the game, turning the television off because you don't care about the end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of crazy things are happening today because Satan knows that the end is coming quickly, mm -hmm. and he doesn't want people to study Revelation or understand how the whole thing ends up with the victory of Jesus Christ. 
but I appreciate you bringing to people's attention, understanding the book of Revelation. Well, and I hope you'll keep emphasizing to people, and every time you teach and preach that the book of Revolution, <laughs> Revolution, <laughs> Revelation can really be understood. Yes, it can. It really can. It, it's just take it literally and get you some good commentaries, like I said a while ago, and you can understand it. Or get uh, your book. I, I, mean, I, I agree exactly with what really you all good. are saying. You have to know the Scriptures in the Old Testament. You let Scripture interpret Scripture. No Scriptures of any private interpretation. We don't say what it means. We, we search the Bible and let the Bible tell us what it means. There you go. Uh, mm -hmm. You don't just have to know the Old Testament. A lot of those symbols are explained in the book of Revelation itself. Certainly. So you look for it in the book of Revelation itself. There's only a few that I know of and not very many that, that are questionable and we don't have a Scripture to tell us. Well, folks, we're going to take a brief uh, break right now. And when we come back, we're going to take a look at what I consider to be the strangest of all end-time viewpoints. It's called preterism, and it maintains that all or nearly all of end-time prophecy was fulfilled in 70 A.D. when the Romans destroyed Jerusalem and the Jewish temple. Lamb and Lion Ministries is coming to Louisville. We will be conducting a regional prophecy conference at the Hikes Point Christian Church on Friday evening and all day Saturday, April 24th and 25th. The conference theme is Living for Christ in the End Times. The conference will begin Friday evening with a musical concert by a group called Guarded Heart. They will be followed by a keynote sermon delivered by Pastor Joe Wright, the renowned author of the famous prayer that shook the Kansas legislature and then captivated the entire nation when it was read over the radio by Paul Harvey. On Saturday, the featured speaker will be James Walker, the president of one of Christendom's most respected discernment ministries. He will speak about the growing apostasy in the church. Our internet evangelist, Nathan Jones, and our associate evangelist, Colonel Tim Moore, will join Dr. Reagan as the remaining speakers on Saturday. The conference is free of charge, but registration is requested. You can find out more details and you can register at the church's website at hikespointchristian.com. Hope to see you there. Welcome back to Christ and Prophecy and our interview with Damon Duck about Bible prophecy issues. Damon, I'd like to ask you a question. Uh, there's this really strange view and it's called preterism. It's supported by many people that take the amillennial viewpoint. And it's this idea that all of Bible prophecy, or at least most of it, depending on if you're an extreme preterist or not, was fulfilled in 70 AD when the Romans conquered Jerusalem. What is your response to that? A lot of people in West Tennessee would say baloney. Baloney? Okay. That's a simple answer. There's no evidence of a seven-year covenant of peace in the Middle East. There was no way to track all buying and selling and these kinds of things. So there's a lot of things that were not here that have to be here at the end times. Well, extreme preterists even argue that the return of Jesus occurred then invisibly. Well, they're going to know when Jesus returns. I'll what, tell did you. They, what did they tell the, the, the disciples on the Mount of Olives when Jesus ascended into heaven? How was He going to come back? He's, he's going to come back in the clouds. In the same way, in visibly. Same way, yes. And yet they argue He came back invisibly. And they saw that He went up in the clouds. They yeah. could see Him go away. Why do people support the preterist view? I mean, why would you say all Bible prophecy is done? And just Not everybody that calls themselves a Christian is a Christian. Hmm. Oh. Not everyone that talks, you know, there are true prophets and there are false prophets. And the difference between a true prophet and a false prophet is the, the, the true prophet, he goes by the Word of God. The false prophet, he starts saying things that contradict the Word of God. A lot of them, they use other literature also. 
Another problem with the preterist viewpoint is that it, uh, it is ba- the whole view depends on one thing, that the book of Revelation was written before 70 A.D. And it was a prophecy about 70 A.D. And all of history attests to the fact that it was written in 95 A.D. Yes, sir. Not 70 A.D. Yes, sir. I believe it was written in 95. And, and yet the, the view cannot exist if the book of Revelation was written in 95 A.D. That's right. It, it, it's, a, it's a book of prophecy. It's not a book of history. Yeah. And, it, and John tells you five times in that book that it is a book of prophecy. Well, they argue it's, it's a book of prophecy, but they say the prophecies were about the destruction of the temple in 70 A.D. Therefore, the book had to be written before 70 A.D. And it wasn't. It wasn't. No, it's very well attested by the yeah. early church fathers to be written in 95 AD. The book of Revelation doesn't talk about the destruction of the temple, but it does talk about a rebuilt temple. Yeah. I appreciate what you say about the false teachers and false prophets coming in. Even in the day and age of John, he wrote about it. Jude wrote about it. He said, I wanted to talk to you about the, the basics of the faith, the gospel of Jesus Christ, but I must be involved in having you to contend earnestly because you're following after false teachers already in the first century yes. and leading people astray into this day. Too many are led astray by crazy ideas like this that the Lord has already come and, and what era are we living in. So I appreciate your clarifying that very clearly and I know in your book as well. Yes. I believe he says what he meant and he meant what he says. Amen <laughs> to that. Well, you know, speaking of the season of the Lord's return, Damon, a lot of people think that we can't know the day or the age, so there's no point in talking about Jesus Christ's return. That's not something He has any interest in us studying. But we believe that we can know the season of the Lord's return, which is why He provided revelation. It's not a testimony or a revelation of John the Apostle. It's a revelation of Jesus Christ given to John to share with us. What do you say in your book and what do you tell people when you proclaim this message? I, I believe that we can know when it's getting close. The Bible clearly says that we can know when it's getting close, and there are things to, to watch for, uh, the convergence of all of the prophecies, mm-hmm. uh, Israel, uh, J- Jerusalem will be a cup of trembling and a burdensome stone for the whole world. And we're seeing a lot of this coming on the oh, scene yeah. now. Yeah, I always point out that there are many, many prophecies about the uh, signs that the uh, Bible gives us about the end times. So many, in fact, I found for years it was like trying to gel, uh, uh, nail jello to the wall. I just couldn't get a handle on it. Finally, I put them into categories. So there's signs of nature, there's signs of society, there's signs of uh, spiritual, both positive and negative. There's signs of technology, there's signs of world politics, there's signs of Israel. And as you pointed out, bang, they're all coming together now in convergence for the first time ever. Amen. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, and, and some of these signs, like the ability to track all buying and selling, that's required. Uh, electricity and barcodes and all this kind of stuff, uh, satellites and rockets and things. These inventions didn't exist back in prior to 70 AD, but they do exist. Or today. just consider the Revelation chapter 11 where it says that two, two uh, witnesses are going to be killed and lie in the streets of Jerusalem for three and a half days and then be resurrected and the whole world will watch it. Yeah. How could that be before the mid-1960s when we finally had satellite television? That's right. It could not be, but it can be today. It can literally happen today. Okay. We're just seeing them all come together. Yes. Everybody can just pull out their cell phones and watch. Yes. And, watch. <laughs> and, and, and now in China, you got like face scans, and they, oh, China the just passed a law. Got. They can't make telephones over there anymore unless it scans your face. Wow. They wow. know where we are. They know where that telephone is, and all of that. You know, Nathan's talking about a smartphone, but I appreciate even the subtitle of your book, "The Smart Guide to the Bible." <laughs> and quite frankly. 
Uh, a lot of people discount Revelation. It's a playground for fanatics, but really a Christian who is determined to understand what the God, what God has clearly revealed for us to understand is going to be smart to go to His Word in believing faith, believing that they can understand. And as Nathan, Nathan said, claiming the promise of Revelation itself. I would like to go back to something we said just a, a little bit earlier. The, the book of Revelation is a commentary on Matthew chapter 24. Mm. And if you're going to throw out the book of Revelation, then you need to throw out the Olivet Discourse from the book of Matthew. You mm -hmm. need to throw out what is about it in the book of Luke. You need to throw out what is about it in the book of Mark. And you got all kinds of problems because those things mentioned in Matthew, Mark, and Luke are in the book of Revelation. You also have to throw out most of Isaiah. Because if you want to find out about the millennium, you don't find out about the millennium by reading the book of Revelation. All it gives us is the information that is going to last a thousand years. All the information, uh, detailed information about the millennium is found in the Old Testament, particularly in the book of Isaiah. Yes, it is. It is. I was surprised to find out that there are 404 verses in the book of Revelation, but 800 allusions to Old Testament. Yeah. I mean, really, it, it's, it's the capstone that sums up the entire... And not a single one is identified. Not a single one. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, you know, in Matthew, Matthew is always saying, as it says in, as it says in Jeremiah, as it says in, in Isaiah. Isaiah. But there's not one reference in the book of Revelation to, old, or to the Old Testament except it quotes it. Yes. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't say what it is. Yes. So you have to know the Old Testament to know that. Yes. And the man that wrote the book of Revelation, I'm talking about John, and Jesus is the, the, the main writer. John's just a human writer. Uh, this is the same John that wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, same John that wrote the Gospel of John, the same John that said, uh, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, the same John that said, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and this kind of thing. It, it's not some fanatic. It, it's, no. it's the John that Jesus entrusted with His mother Mary. I, I think the fact that you just said Jesus was the author, when Jesus was tested, when He was uh, tempted by the devil, He cited Scripture. And so as He is providing Jesus' revelation to the world through the Apostle John, he's citing Scripture because it is the Word of God, and Jesus is using the Word of God to proclaim this revelation through the or through the Apostle John in the book of Revelation. It's a beautiful. Well, it well David, many people believe the rapture and the second coming are the same event. What about it? They are not the same event. Uh, the, the rapture is before the tribulation period. The second coming is after the tribulation period. Well, how do we know that? How do we know that? Yeah. They're described differently, aren't they? They are described differently, yes. Uh, the second coming, the rapture, the church goes up into heaven. We're not here. Mm -hmm. The second coming, we come back with Jesus at the second coming. Uh, at the rapture, peace is removed from this earth. Uh, at, this, at the second coming, uh, uh, peace is brought back to this earth, Jesus Christ. Uh, at the rapture, uh, the Antichrist is allowed to rise. At the mm -hmm. second coming, you got Jesus goes on the throne and sits on the throne. In and Jerusalem. furthermore, there's no purpose for the church during the tribulation, is there? Oh, the church is in heaven. We're worshiping. We're reunited with our loved ones, reunited with Jesus and all this kind of thing. Then God calls these 144,000. You have the greatest evangelism that the world has ever known, multitudes coming to Jesus Christ and this kind of thing. But the focus of the book of, 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 of the tribulation is really the Jewish people. It is. Well, you go back to the, uh, Daniel's prophecy. Yes. Israel has to go through all 70 weeks of Daniel, and, and uh, the tribulation period is the 70th week of Daniel. Mm. So, it's, it's to bring the Jewish people to repentance and acceptance of Yeshua as their Messiah. Yes, it is. And, and all prophecy cannot be fulfilled until you get Israel 
and through that tribulation period. I love what you, you brought up about Daniel too with the Nebuchadnezzar's vision and Jesus Christ is the stone that destroys the line of human governments, human empires, so that his stone, his mountain fills the whole world. So we know that from the book of Revelation that that's the end of human government, Satan through human government dominating the world. It's going to be Jesus Christ. And I love what you always say. It's a time of peace and righteousness and justice. And I get so excited because I just can't wait till that happens. And don't miss the point that that is premillennialism. It's the rock coming Absolutely. back before the whole earth is filled with a kingdom. Yes. Absolutely. Great. Yeah, the, the idea uh, of post-millennials is that the church itself is going to conquer the world, take over the world, and rule for a thousand years. Then Jesus will come back and we'll present the kingdom to Him. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's <laughs> it's really, got it backwards. It's got it backwards. It, it that's has. a view that really has risen lately too. A lot of churches believe that they're going to evangelize the world for Christ. No, that, has, that was prophesied, right? They're not doing very good at it. <laughs> no, not lately. Well, that's what I tell people when our millennials when they say, we're living in the millennium now. Arnold Fruchtenbaum, a Messianic Jew, always says, well, if we are, I'm living in the slum area of it. <laughs> and I always say, if we are, then Jesus is doing a very poor job of reigning. But this is the good news that you just mentioned. You know, we're in a mess. Uh, a lot <laughs> of people that least. don't know anything about the Bible, they know that the world is in a mess. Yeah, And Jesus is going to put an end to this mess. I think. There's a great promise that is repeated throughout Scripture, but even in the book of Hebrews. We don't know the author, but the writer in one of my favorite passages says that we should consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together as bodies of Christ, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So it's taken for granted that we should recognize that this day, this season of the Lord's return is drawing near and provide encouragement, which is why you being here today is such an encouragement to us and our viewers to make sure that we recognize that we are living in the season of the Lord's return. You know, return. Damon, one of the things that I want to mention as we close is that uh, my favorite story about you. And that is that uh, a church was uh, going to have you as a speaker for, and they wanted to get as many people out as possible. And they came up with the idea of running a feature ad uh, in, in the newspaper with your picture and what you're going to speak on. And they put at the top, have you ever heard a duck talk? And people came. <laughs> so, Damon, would, would you look right into that camera in front of you and tell people, how can they get in touch with you and your ministry? Well, I believe you'll be putting a, uh, my email address on the yes. Uh, so that's screen, the best way so through that's your the email best address. Way. Yes. And how about uh, this wonderful book of yours, the book of Revelation? Amazon.com, yeah. or if you can get the IBN number off of somebody else's book, just about any bookstore yeah. can order. That's our program for today. Stay tuned, and we will tell you how you can get a book that answers all the questions we dealt with today. I hope our program has been a blessing to you, and I hope, the Lord willing, that you will be back with us next week. Until then, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, Look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. Dr. David Reagan's book, God's Plan for the Ages, contains a comprehensive overview of all aspects of Bible prophecy. It's written in an easy-to-understand, down-to-earth style that you will find appealing. In addition to all the prophecies concerning the first and second comings of the Messiah, it deals with a host of other prophetic questions such as, what happens when you die? What will heaven be like? What's the future of the earth? Where is the United States in prophecy? When is the rapture most likely to occur? Is the Antichrist alive today? Are there signs of the times that are unique to our day and age? The book contains a variety of charts and diagrams which illustrate various aspects of Bible prophecy. 
The book is available for a gift of $20 or more, including the cost of shipping. Please call the number you see on the screen Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Central Time, and ask for it by name, or order online at lamblion.com. The book contains 42 exciting chapters about Bible prophecy and runs a total of 415 pages. Again, it can be yours for a gift of $20 or more, including shipping. Call the number you see on the screen or go to our website at lamblion.com. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus. 